Uh, companies, you know, will spend millions and millions of dollars on marketing their products every year. And what they're really hoping to do is to develop brand recognition, you know, uh, meaning that their particular product is the gold standard in their industry. And, you know, that when you see it, that's what instantly comes to mind. You know, you think of cell phones and maybe Apple comes to mind. <coughs> you think of uh, tennis shoes, you know, maybe Nike or Adidas, uh, those type of brands. You know, you're, you're on a trip and you're looking for a quick meal. You know, you, you look for the golden arches. Right? You know that those are, uh, those are brands that have been proven to be quality products over the years, that, th that they're reliable. In Daniel chapter 5, that's where I'm going to be uh, spending a little bit of time uh, this evening. In Daniel chapter 5, this is the night that the, the Babylonian regime comes to an end. And King Belshazzar, he, if you remember, he's throwing this epic feast, right? He's throwing this feast for all of these people in, in, the, in the nation. And according to this narrative, uh, the king requests that the gold and silver vessels that used to be in Jerusalem, that used to be of the Jewish nation, that sh they should come out and they, they were going to use them uh, by the dinner guests. And really what this was, it was a slap in the face uh, to, the, to the Jews uh, to the Hebrews, and, and they took these cups and they, they drank from them and they, they, you know, they called out to their false gods and again kind of slapping the face of the Israelites. And uh, because of this, the king's actions, uh, if you remember in this account, there was this mysterious hand that appeared and started miraculously writing an inscription on the wall that no one could interpret. And the people were perplexed we're told that the king was pale-faced and he was greatly alarmed. And so he called all the conjurers, all of the magicians in the land, and said, if whoever can figure this out can read this inscription for me, I'll, you know, I'll give them great wealth. I'll make them the third leader in the country to rule. But no one could make known the interpretation. They, no one could do that. Well, some 65 years earlier, uh, we read in Daniel uh, chapter 1 and 2 about Daniel... Uh, coming before King Nebuchadnezzar, right? And he, um, he interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream for him. Uh, Daniel doesn't take the credit, of course. He says that there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he interpreted it. But, but because of this great feat, some 65 years earlier, Daniel's reputation was solidified. So when, uh, here in chapter 5, when Belshazzar was thrown into a fluster... The queen reminded him of a man in the kingdom by the name of Daniel. Look at verses 10, and 12, 10 through 12. The queen entered the banquet hall because of the words of the king and his nobles. The queen spoke and said, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts alarm you or your face be pale. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is a spirit of the holy gods. And in the day of your father, illumination, insight, and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, appointed him chief of the magicians, conjurers, Chaldeans, and diviners. There was, this was because an extraordinary spirit, knowledge and insight, interpretation of dreams, explanation of enigmas, and solving of difficult problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Let Daniel now be summoned, and he will declare the interpretation. So Daniel is, is, comes to them. He's dispatched. He's brought before them, and he takes care of the problem. Right? That inscription uh, said, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Ufarsin. And basically, this inscription was, 
to this king that your days are numbered, uh, that you've been weighed on the scale and found deficient, and that a new regime is going to take over. Of course, that happens right then and there, that very night. Uh, the new regime, the Medes and the Persians come, and the king is slain. But it's interesting to us to notice that you know, Daniel, he had brand recognition. After 65 years, when a vision needed to be interpreted, they knew who to call. Uh, they knew who was reliable, who could produce quality of work. And over and over again in chapter 5, the king says, I have heard about you, Daniel, that you could do this and that. He had brand recognition. And the point I want to make tonight is that as Christians, we also should have brand recognition as well. You know, our reputations. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who, not, who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. You know, as Christians, we should be Bible-studying people, uh, walking Bibles, you know, book, chapter, verse people. We should also be good deed people. In Titus chapter 3, starting in verse 8, Titus here says about Christians, he says, This is a trustworthy statement, and concerning these things I want to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. And in verse 14, he says, Our people must also learn to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. Uh, we are to be good deed people. That's our brand. Galatians 6.1 says we are to be spiritually minded people. You know, th- those who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. You know, uh, when we're having spiritual problems, we shouldn't be going to the world to solve those. But we should go into our brothers and sisters. We should be approachable people. That should be our brand. Uh, James 5.16 says we should confess our sins to one another and pray for one another. Right? We should be approachable that we can go to one another we should be disciple-making people. Again, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, when Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Right? That should be our brand. Uh, that should be our reputation. And of course, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says we should be imitators of Christ. Again, the, the, I mean, that sums it all up for us. Uh, we should be full of grace and truth, just like Christ was. That should be our brand. So my encouragement tonight is, what about us? Do you and I have brand recognition? You know, are there positives of our characteristics that in our lives that people seek out from us? You know, may, might I encourage you to be brand recognizable? Uh, for example, you know, there's always uh, one in every church. You know, the the person that brings candy for the little children. You know, the little children, you know, love that individual, whoever it is. You know, that they run up to him before every service, he or she, because they know that that person has candy. Right? That person is kind and and. You know, and they recognize that. They, they see the brand of that individual. In, in the New Testament, there's, there's a man by the name of Joseph uh, who is nicknamed Barnabas, right? the son of encouragement. That, that's his brand. He was an encourager. That is something that we can do. A Caleb in the Old Testament is told that he had a different spirit. There was a different spirit about him. He, he was recognizable by his brand. What are you and I going to be known for? Do, do people see something recognizable in us? Do they see a brand in us? That's my encouragement for us this evening. This evening, if there's anyone here that we can help, uh, if there's someone who is 
uh, needing to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Again, we would love the opportunity to, to help you with that uh, or to study with you if so, if so needed. Or if you're here and you need the prayers of the church, if you need the strength and comfort of this congregation, if you need to repent of sin, uh, we, we would love to help you now as together we stand and sing this song of invitation tonight.